talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Lynn. Spray the passenger. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, as always. Today's guest, we have actress, musician, podcaster, Lucy Drive, a.k.a. 80s alter ego, Roxy Drive. You can watch Lucy in BBC programmes such as Hustle, Doctors, and also feature film Outside Bet, directed by Sasha Bennett. It's so hilariously funny. So amazing. Please go watch it. It's fantastic. Not only is Lucy a fantastic actress and musician, she also writes, produced and co-directed a 80s-inspired film, Our Time, which was accepted into the Cannes Shaw Film Corner. Lucy moved to LA, to Atlanta, back to England, where she is now pursuing Roxy Drive, which is, go check out the music on Spotify. So good. So, so fun. So many music videos to accompany all the all the songs. Fantastic. And also, check out the podcast, Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files, Ghost Stories and More. A podcast focusing on the paranormal. You can follow Lucy on Instagram and Twitter at Lucy Drive, Roxy Drive. Deadly Debbie's podcast on Instagram and Twitter is Debbie Files. And you can also check out Roxy Drive at www.roxydrive.com. All right, without further ado, please welcome to the show, Lucy Drive. All right, well, welcome to the show, Lucy Drive. Nice to finally have you on. Ah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into performing and acting and singing and all all of that, all of the jazz. All of that jazz. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I've always loved, you know, that whole side of things. Even as a little girl, I was always singing around the house, you know, pretending to be a pop star or, you know, I love being in all the school plays and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I took drama as a GCSE at school and I loved doing the whole performing thing. Um, I lost a bit of confidence when I became a teenager, you know, bad skin, the usual kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of knocked me a bit. And so I didn't sort of pursue it beyond that. And I started looking at options like teaching and working with children. And so quite different to actually being a performer. And then a few years into being a teaching assistant, I noticed a local advertisement in a local paper at the time this this shows how old I am um (laughs) yeah uh they were like oh yeah no come and join our our um sort of drama school it was like a musical theater school um near where I lived at the time and um you had to audition to get in so I went along and I was so nervous did like some singing and and a little bit of acting and yeah so I got in and um we'd put on musicals every year you know different musicals at, at nice theaters like Richmond Theater and Quester's um, so it was good. It was fun. And it, it really built my confidence. And it made me realize, oh, God, I actually really want to do this you know, mm-hmm. in some form or other. So then I started doing extra work, supporting artists, supporting artists work, uh, worked on, you know, the usual sort of TV shows in the UK that everyone kind of worked on, like The Bill, EastEnders, uh, did Footballers Wives, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this is really, uh, really fun. <laughs> you know at that point when you haven't really done anything professional it just seemed really exciting just being on set you know and just being on set because I've done background work yeah. many times before and I'm yeah. like it's just the hustle and bustle and just seeing how everything works yeah completely and, and also the people you meet I've met so many really fantastic people yeah in background work so yeah, yeah no, totally I did as well and it 
it did really help to build my experience and and it gave me that extra push as well i remember looking at the actors like i'd see this actress and she might just have a few a few lines in the scene and i'd be looking at her like i could do that i could do that and uh, yeah it just made me feel like oh i want to be doing that i want to be the, the actor and it's not just in the background so um so yeah, I, I actually just got really lucky. I've got to be honest. I didn't go to some prestigious drama school. I didn't even go to the drama school, to be fair. So for me to to go from that to then sending out my headshot to you know all of the agents in in London, um, and I got in with a like quite a good one called JLM. Who yeah, for someone who's not even been with an acting agency before, I was very lucky they took me on. And yeah, they, you know, I started having TV and film auditions immediately from them. Um, and it was crazy. It was scary, but it was like, yeah, go for it. You know? Yeah. So yeah. And I think I got my first job was like a couple of lines on a TV show for the BBC called Hustle. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that one. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember you doing that because I remember that's around, I think that was shortly after we met. Yeah, and I, I remember being like, "Oh my god, it's so cool!" <laughs> I think I know. I think that's what I was thinking at the time. Like, "Oh my god!" Well, it was actually the the actually the lead role that I went for. Um, but I think that's how they cast it. They kind of get everyone in for the lead role, and then they sort of give out smaller roles to people that auditioned. You know. Um, yeah. And so it was like a receptionist, you know, a few lines. But for me, it was massive because it was actually my first line speaking on TV. You know, yeah. so it was quite a big deal. But um. So that was good. I did that. And then I got, you know, a few lines in um, the Borges, you know, that one with Jeremy Irons. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We went to Bulgaria for that one. And uh, what else did I do? Doctors, sort of a rite of passage for a lot of actors in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, that sort of like uh, daytime TV soap about doctors, basically. Yeah, (laughs) but it was good. It's quite good if you can get in with that kind of stuff because the the casting is quite nice. You know, they only ever bring in well at the time anyway. This was a few years back, but they they used to only bring in like like four or five actors per role. That's so nice. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. And you know, you're literally sitting in the room with them, and you can just see who your competition is, and it's like it's fine. Everyone's really nice and. So yeah, I was I got that one. That was nice. It was two episodes, um, and I went up to Birmingham and did that, and that was good fun. So yeah, I just got the bug, and you know, you get a little bit, and you want a bit more, and you want a bit more, and um, and then I got a few sort of independent feature films. I think the biggest one was Outside Bet, which is kind of crazy how I got that because I sent a message on Facebook to the director. I saw they were filming it, um, and I saw oh my god, you know, it's got Bob Hoskins in it and. Jenny Agata and all these people and sort of didn't really think didn't expect to get much back you know just sent my show reel and then yeah he was like oh great you know I like your reel yeah we should have a role for you and I was kind of like what that's um, nuts yeah I know I remember so well like at the time being like you're kidding me seriously like you know it had a really good cast and you know a lot of well-known people from the UK actors in it so yeah so that was really cool um I really like that director as well I've watched a lot of his films yeah, Sasha, he's lovely. Yeah, yeah. really nice guy. Yeah. And, it, and I really, you know, I'm really grateful that he gave me a chance because, you know, it's quite a big thing to give someone a chance without auditioning them, you know. Yeah. And I, I just really enjoyed it, you know, sort of standing at a race course with like in a little huddle of the main actors, you know, Bob Hoskins standing in front of me and what's her name? Emily Attack. Um, yeah is quite well known in the UK you know we were sort of linking arms the whole day it was cold and we were just singing show tunes and you know <laughs> yeah. she was lovely, that sounds like my idea for so much fun <laughs> it, was. it was it was really good fun actually oh my goodness 
Yeah, it was set in the 80s. We all dressed up in 80s outfits, like, you know, as if we were going to the races and Bob was laughing. I was just, yeah, Bob was laughing at us, you know, but <laughs> well, I was saying it like he was my best mate or something. But um, yeah, it was just one of those moments, you know, like kind of surreal. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, this is really cool. So, um, yeah, so, so things were kind of, you know, things were happening and I was building up my CV and... But then I was noticing that a lot of my actress friends were, you know, they were they were moving on to L.A. And that seemed to be the sort of natural next step. You know, if you're an actor in the U.K., L.A. seems to be the kind of next thing that you do if mm-hmm. you're really looking to kind of, you know, push your career. So, yeah, so I got into, you know, I started, you know, you were fantastic. You gave me so much help and advice with just the whole thing because I was completely clueless, you know. Well, it's um, just it's funny because I feel like... Um... I just feel like when I moved out here, I was absolutely clueless. Like, had no idea. And I just feel like I wish I had somebody to help me, to help guide me through it all. Do you know what I mean? Because I I just fucked up so many different things and just went to shoddy agencies and shitty headshot places. And do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh. And just because you just don't know any better. Yeah, right. And so I just, yeah, I just didn't want you to fall into the same pit traps that I did because. No, I'm so grateful you helped me. You gave me so much help and advice. Honestly, without your help and advice, I don't even know if I would have done it, to be honest, because it's really scary. Um, It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, especially going on your own as well. I'd be so envious of people when I was there and I'd see couples and like, um, you know, like they'd be from the UK. Oh, yeah. And they moved together. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, because it must be so much easier to be with someone else, you know, to be mm-hmm. in a foreign country. And so, yeah, with your with your advice and help and everything, and I, I found someone to, um, I can't remember whether it was you that recommended them or Kat. I can't remember. Kat gave me a lot of uh, help as well. Um, it was the solicitor, the lawyer to get me the O1. Who did you go through? Um, God, I can't think of her name now. Oh, if it's a woman, then it was probably Kat. Yeah, it was a woman. Yeah, she was really good and really reasonable at the time. So it was like, okay, this is good. And so, yeah, just built up all the evidence, everything that you need. And, and yeah, luckily I got it. And um, yeah, it was what, 2015, it was November. And yeah, jumped on a plane and went to LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just, you know, got an apartment and everything else and, you know, built up sort of living arrangements and everything else you have to do when you move to a a different country and um you know got an agent and um just started yeah a lot of it was did some self-tapes I did get a few tv auditions um I got one for CSI is it CSI yeah I think CSI was still CSI would have still been running at the time I think that's criminal minds yeah CSI is like CSI and Criminal Minds they've both been like running forever but CSI stopped Criminal Minds is still going oh did it okay oh I didn't realize that okay fine yeah so I think it was CSI so it was a British role and I was like oh you know because you think oh it's British I should get this and um I remember going to and sitting in the room with all the other girls and there was one girl and she wouldn't talk much she wouldn't say very much but I don't know I couldn't tell what her accent was but um Anyway, she got the role, to show, but I did get a call back. And so I was like, oh, you know, so close. But um, yeah, no, she got the role. But then I later found out she was actually American. So she must have done a great accent, basically. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit like, oh, but she's American, you know. But, um, but then also, I'm very tall, like I'm 5'10". 
So I always feel like height is a thing as well. And um, if you're playing against a male actor, yeah, um, yeah, that can be something as well, I think. And I kind of looked up the male actor and how tall he was. I was like, oh, he's shorter than me. That's probably why. So, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. So no, annoying. No, it's all good. It's all good experiences. And um, so, yeah. And then I did a, I booked a few TV commercials, which I never did in the UK. You know, I booked online stuff in the UK, but never booked a TV commercial in the UK. I, I think that the casting in the UK is a lot more clicky um, when it comes to commercials anyway. And I feel like the casting directors here, they will hire the same people for adverts. Um, people that you know they can trust or they like working with it's it's just like a really clicky thing and you, mm-hmm. you can tell by the way they'll greet people it'll be oh darling mwah, mwah, how's your holiday whereas, <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas in the in the US I found the commercial casting a lot more inclusive and you know it does, there's no bias there's no like I didn't get any of that anyway I didn't feel that when I went there I felt it was very like all sorts of different people different looking people different shapes and sizes and they're very inclusive and they they try to cast across the board yeah um, I mean that's my that's my opinion I just think you know to book to book a few tv commercials in a short space of time when I never booked one in the UK says a lot to me I just think well hang on you know why is that so yeah so I thought that I thought you know that process was really nice um over there it is really interesting actually because I do remember doing a bunch of castings in um England yeah for commercials I remember like an Ikea one I can't remember the other ones but I remember the actual castings Mm. and I, I still remember the casting directors and they were like it was just so awkward and weird and they were just so kind of mean yeah you know and I've done so many commercial castings over here completely different yeah 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 so I actually do yeah I completely understand what you're saying yeah I I think there's a different vibe there yeah it's just it just feels yeah I mean I mean don't get me wrong the tv castings were a bit you know scarier definitely I definitely yeah I definitely came across some casting directors I was like yeah he's he's not very friendly (laughs) you're being you're being auditioned for something really big and, and so you're already shitting yourself do you know what I mean and then and then you got that cast director looking at you like and you're just like oh um yeah I'll, I'll be honest I, I didn't like auditioning at all I mean I don't know if anyone really truly does let's be honest but I really hated auditioning I, I used to get a bit of anxiety about it and I, I hated and having to learn a lot of lines in such a short amount of time when the chances of you getting the job were so limited so small it was like I felt like I was wasting my time all the time Hmm. or being made to waste my time and I I understand some people like it and and you know learning lines is a skill and I think it's good to have that but for me it was just it it felt a little bit like god I'm spending I'd spend hours trying to learn these scenes and then you'd go in and you do it and then you don't get the job and you're like god I could have spent that time (laughs) doing something else (laughs) I don't know I mean yeah because I I didn't like going in with a script in my hand because I felt if I had the script in my hand I'd be looking down and I'd be reading it um so I don't know but um yeah yeah auditioning wasn't something that I loved but um yeah anyway I I was there for nearly a year and then I ah it was it was when I was I got a little tiny role in a in a film called um uh Jurassic School Mm -hmm. um I was playing like a a sports coach and the, the the lead actor god it sounds terrible I can't think what his name is I think it's John something but um really lovely guy he had quite a good career 
um, and we were talking in a break and he was just, we were just talking about, you know, auditions and stuff. And he said, oh, have you ever tried Atlanta? And I was like, oh, no, no, I didn't really know anything about Atlanta. And he was like, well, a lot of actors are moving there because production is really cheap because of the tax incentive. So it's cheaper to film there. So yeah. have you ever thought about that? If you, if you haven't got any ties here, you move there and see if you can get an agent. And um, yeah, it just made me think. I was like, oh, right, okay. Because I think I was trying to get out of the whole LA craziness of, you know, so many actors being part of the same roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it sounded quite appealing to be somewhere where there were less actors but actually maybe given more of a chance to get on something. Although the roles are more likely to be smaller, I just like the idea that, you know, you could get on something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I kind of planned, planned, that was my next move, really. I sort of planned to live there, and um, and it was uh, January that I left L.A., and, and then, yeah, went to Atlanta. Yeah, so what was Atlanta like? Because I've actually never been. Um, it gets very hot, so... It wasn't at, so. It was January when I got there. It was kind of kind of coolish weather, but then it, it, once the the heat kicks in, it gets very hot, and it's it's like humid hot, you know, more like mm-hmm. British hot. It's it's okay. Like I think you really want to live like oh gosh, more in the city, more like um, what's the area? Oh god, this sounds terrible. I forget everything. Like Buck, Buckfield or Buckingham. There's a anyway. There's a place there. I used to do a lot of babysitting around those kind of areas. Um, I mean, they're quite nice. Probably not as much to do as there is in LA you know I know there's people in LA that wouldn't want to move there mm-hmm. uh, so they would feel a bit isolated and I, I could understand that but to be fair I didn't spend long enough there I was only there for three months okay uh, all in all but but I yeah I, I sort of as soon as I got there I started looking for an agent and I pinpointed there's like four or five big top agents in Atlanta yeah and I pinpointed them all and I wrote off to all of them and all of them that I, I didn't get in with any of them and then there was a, an actor called Mark Ashworth, really lovely guy, who is with, oh gosh, Joy Purvis, I think her name is, as, as the uh, agent. Oh God, people listening to this are going to be like, she's getting everything wrong. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I know. It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, this was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I think it's Joy Purvis. I'm pretty sure it's Joy Purvis and she's she's yeah she's a well-known agent there and um, I went for it because through Mark he kind of recommended me to her um which was really lovely of him and because he's British and he went there and he's done really well like he he's he sort of accumulated these smaller parts but in really big stuff do you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah so yeah his show reel's amazing you know and he's you know he's there in a scene with um Tom Hardy you know in, the, in a western and you know things like that and it's it's it just looks amazing you know and um and yeah he's he's just constantly getting work but um yeah, so I, so I went for the audition. She saw me and wanted me to try out the American accent. And um, I was a bit worried about that. <laughs> she seemed to be quite impressed, so that was good. She was lovely. She just immediately was like, yeah, I want to take you on. I want you, you know, and I was really like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I was really pleased. And, and, and again, immediately I was just getting these auditions. I mean, it was it's all self-tape in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, you rarely get seen. Um, I did one where I was in person, but I would mostly self-tape and I used like a, a studio uh, that did self-tape and they were really cool. Um, and yeah, it was every week, like around two TV auditions a week. Commercials, not so much there. Hardly got many com- commercial castings, maybe a handful, but um, it was really mostly TV and film. Uh, smaller roles, although some were like 
you know, guest roles that you'd be in a few episodes. There wasn't like any series regulars or anything like that. But I didn't expect that anyway, because I was new there. And so it was good. I didn't book anything. No, I didn't book anything in the time I was there. But again, you know, three months is not is not very long. So it's definitely, you know, it's a possibility for people if they feel like they're in LA and they feel a bit stuck or they feel like, you know, there's too much competition. You know, Atlanta is definitely a possibility. Um, yeah, I do know a lot of people who have either moved there or they're like, they're bi coastal. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely helps if you have a base there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think they, they do prefer you to have a base there. Um, yeah, the general sort of thing from the agents is like, if you move, you need to tell us. And they're not so keen on you. Even if you said, oh, I'm okay to fly in for an audition because, you know, if, you, if you're late and you don't get there in time or if they have a really last minute callback and you've got to be there like, you know, that day or the next day, um, it's not great if you're in LA, to be honest. So yeah. they do prefer that you live there and that's understandable. But um, yeah, and I think also Canada as well. I know we've talked about this as well, you know. They've, uh, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, because I know you've got friend out there haven't you yeah I've got a couple of friends out there and they do really really well Mm. they have been doing really well yeah yeah I think it's the same thing with uh, Atlanta with Canada is they want Mm. it because they do cast a lot of people from LA to film in Canada but obviously they they, but obviously they do take a lot of Canadian residents as well yeah and it, it works differently as well because if you're a Canadian resident you I don't think you go through the SAG contract Whereas if you're like hired from LA and you fly up to Canada and you're under SAG, then you get all the SAG benefits and all that stuff. Oh, okay. So, because, um, yeah, there was a point where I was thinking about doing the Canadian stuff, but I was just like, I was just doing my green card. I'm like, I can't add something else onto the freaking mix. It's like too <laughs> yeah. much, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I do remember emailing a Canadian agency and she was just like, oh, just come up here and get married. And I'm like, I literally just got married to my husband. <laughs> what? It was just, uh, yeah, it just, it, it, I felt super overwhelmed. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? It will happen when it happens. Yeah. I'm not going to push it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather be hired from LA so I can have that SAG contract. Yeah. Because I, I was talking to somebody actually just recently on one of the podcasts. She's filming something. It's an American show based in London or they, they're filming in London. And so all the American actors who are coming over from America to film in London, again, they're all under the SAG contract. And the SAG, when if people don't know what I'm talking about, the Screen Actors Guild, it's one of the unions out here. But she's American, but she's, she was hired in London, so she didn't go through the SAG contract. And I'm like, you want to be under a SAG contract because yeah. they're like the pay difference, just the benefits, just everything. I'm like... Yeah, give me the SAG contract, please. So yeah, so I just felt like the same thing with Canada. I'm like, you know what? Like, if there's a role that I'm right for in a Canadian TV show, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But hire me from here because I'm I I can't. I'm now a citizen of America as well, so I'm just like I'm not gonna become a citizen or like a resident of Canada. It's just oh my god, it's just too much. My head like sometimes just feels like it's gonna explode. Be a citizen here. Come here. Gotta be a resident. It's like, oh fuck. 
Well, it is crazy and it's difficult to know what the right thing to do is. And also it's not just, you know, you have other stuff going on as well. And if you're settled with someone and, you know, you found a home there, um, mm. different things, isn't it, that you have to yeah. consider. I mean, it was easier for me. I was single. I didn't have any, you know, responsibilities or attachments as such to LA. So it was easy for me to jump on a plane and go somewhere. But um, it really depends on your situation, you know, and what feels right for you. You know, what, you know, there's no point doing something you don't, it's not going to make you feel comfortable, you know. Well, exactly. And that's the other thing, too. It's just like, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> visas yeah. and residency, it's just like, it's just too much. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I, so yeah, it was three months in Atlanta and, um, and that was it. And then I, I just, I just miss, I miss the UK, to be honest. And yeah. I know there's people who'll think, what? <laughs> like, what cold rainy uk you know um why wouldn't you want to live in a warm lovely place like la when you could... but um yeah it's just i think it's just what you it's just what you like isn't it it's just you know i, I think i think at heart i'm just very british and even my accent in the whole year i was there i was very like I, there wasn't a bit of my accent that changed i mean i don't know maybe if i'd have been there longer but i'm just very like you know, I would still watch this British sort of programs and shows. I'd still go on the British UK channels and watch things. Like I, I wasn't really very good at kind of merging into the culture maybe as I should have been. Um, and that's not to say I don't watch US shows and things and, and, and films, but I, yeah, when I got back, I was just like walking around like Brighton where I first moved to and, and seeing the architecture and the buildings. And I just really missed it. Yeah. Um, and there's so much of LA that is lovely. It really is. But for me, there's just something about England, which is just so beautiful and something I hadn't even appreciated, actually. Mm-hmm. Until I and yeah. And then when I came back, I was like, wow, I was just, I, I literally remember walking around just thinking, oh, why did I leave? This is such a lovely place. But I'm really glad I did it. Like, I'm no regrets at all. I didn't feel like I came back with my tail between my legs or anything like that because I had a good agent and I was getting the auditions. I just decided I don't think this is for me you know it's just that wasn't making me happy yeah and that's I mean we were talking before we started recording but like I was saying with my friend from drama school who moved out here he had his O1 visa for a year stayed for three months and he was just like it's just not my thing yeah so I feel like I've, I've spoken to Kat Lacoe in a different episode where she was saying that she would come out in different stints just to see if she did like it mm-hmm. and I think that's such a valuable thing is coming out here first, getting like the lay of the land, figuring yeah. everything out, seeing if, if this is something you actually do want to, because it's a big investment, yes. not just like money-wise, but like time-wise. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a big deal to do it. And if you're not 100%, it's just like, why would you be, why would you do it if you're going to be miserable? Not right, saying that you're exactly. miserable, but yeah. I do know people who've come over and they, they haven't been happy. I think it's that... Um it's that driving ambition that you have that you want to succeed at something and you realize, Oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice maybe where I live. I'm going to have to miss my family and friends. You know, you realize that because you've got this just ambition to get somewhere and you're so fed up of not getting anywhere where you are, Mm -hmm. you sort of say to yourself, right, I'll do it for a certain amount of time. And that's what I said to myself. I'll just do it for a certain amount of time. If I'm not happy, I'll go home. I've got no problems. I'll go home, but at least give it a go. I just wanted to give it a go. Um, and I knew that there was no point in me going out there and just staying for three months. And also I wouldn't get any auditions because another thing is that there's this, there is a lot of pressure on 
people that come from other places like other countries there to be an actor you know you've got these managers and agents and everyone who are like oh right so what are you on what you want what, what visa are you on oh okay zero one right okay oh well you know green cards would be better because then you know there are certain companies that won't audition you you know you won't be hired and so there's this immense pressure already you've just got there you've just got your own one oh but that's not good enough you know um you know you should be on a green card and, and it's yeah I, I, it just does feel a bit like oh okay you know because you want to be auditioned for everything and you want to have just as much chance as everyone else but at the same time it's a huge amount of like like you say it's a money investment you know to have what they want you to have so yeah it, it's yeah it's tough it is tough yeah, I think I've said in a previous episode, I literally moved here, met somebody, a British woman, I think maybe after two or three months. And I told her I was on my O one. one She wasn't, she was not even an actor. She was just um, a, a fellow Brit who was married to an actor. And she was yeah. like, yeah, you're going to need your green card because no one takes O-1s. <laughs> and I was like, and it was the first time I heard it. And I was like, what? What? And then I started hearing it more and more and more. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah exactly was, oh my god I was so pissed I just basically yeah. felt like I'd wasted a year trying to get my O1 visa and then just ugh, lugging it a oh, fucking hell seriously I was, <laughs> I was fucking livid exactly yeah that's how I felt it was yeah. like I've just done all of this stuff and um yeah, yeah you know and then you get there and then you get this you know meeting with an agent or a manager and the first thing they want to know is oh what, what visa are you on and it's sort of like well and, you, and you're really proud of it. You're like, oh, I've got no one, you know, because you know how much time and investment you put into getting it in the first place. Um, but to them, it's probably not that, it's not that um, impressive. You know, they need you to have a green card because then they can put you forward for everything. And I really want to, like, I've had a lot of people ask, and I've heard a lot of stories about why studios don't take O1s as much as they used to. Mm. And I've heard several stories, but I'm just like, I don't know what, the actual truth is and I would no. love love for someone to tell us yeah I don't know either <sighs> my goodness <laughs> I've no idea yeah I don't know why that is it's a shame because it really limits people and you know who's going to come over there with a, with a green card already it doesn't you know it doesn't happen does it well because yeah because you have to oh my god it's so hard I just yeah. remember I, I spent my oh one time just taking classes doing as much background work like just saving money like whatever I could yeah to do get my green card and yeah. thankfully I got it but fuck me it was just like yeah. what a mission I know and yeah and I and if I had an agent meeting I'd be like oh, I'm getting I'm gonna get my green card you know I'm in the process I'm in the, you know I'd have to say that to them to, so that you know I, I would be so worried that they would just be like oh forget it if she's only got no one I'm not gonna take her on so Oh, oh well. <laughs> well, so you moved back to the UK. Yeah, moved and, back to the UK. Yeah. And you started, I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like you flourished. You yeah, so, yeah it's in something different. Um, it, because it was actually in Atlanta where I decided. Um, I started, like, listening to a lot of um, 80s-inspired music. And mm-hmm. um, this, there's a genre called synthwave. It's this little little niche kind of group um uh, genre of music and yeah it's basically electronic kind of you know stranger things 80s inspired stuff and there's people doing it people singing it producing it and I was like oh what's this you know I'd never heard of it really um I, I mean I kind of had heard of it as a soundtrack to things but not so much in the sense that people were actually singing it and so I'd always wanted to release 80s kind of music but never knew I just thought to myself who's going to want to listen to that you know yeah, I feel um, like you've always, I feel like since I've known you, 
or like especially in the later I feel like you've always had like an 80s thing about yeah, you yeah I, I just obsessed with the 80s and I, like even in LA my Instagram was always I was always putting pictures up of 80 things and yeah so I kind of knew in the like I, I always loved the idea of being cast in an 80s film or you know that's the, that's probably the only kind of stuff I wanted to be cast in so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the chances of that are kind of slim so yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I guess in a way I, I did the next best thing and I created a character for myself ultimately mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I was like right okay I'm gonna be this 80s singer who is you know she's been teleported from the 80s to, to now and she just puts out all this kind of 80s music and I'm gonna dress like you know I'm from the 80s and you know it, that's kind of what my whole thing is and I put it out on all the socials and um, and I came up with the name Roxy Drive because Roxy sounds like an 80s kind of name. Yeah, um, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so it's just been really fun. And I've just, I've just started working with a producer who was actually quite well known in the scene. Um, it's got the funniest name, Celeretti LA Dreams. <laughs> but um, yeah, and he's, he's great. He just, he just produces music that just sounds like it comes from the 80s, you know, um, and I, and I started working with him and doing singles and then I had my first album out um I think it was I think it was that year 2017 um and yeah just I just started going into it as soon as I got back to the UK I just it, my focus just completely shifted from the acting I, I just stopped I didn't want to have an agent I didn't want to um think about it really I just I just wanted to get into the music and and yeah and I've just been doing it ever since and it's just I just love it. I'd love it. I mean, it doesn't pay my bills. It, it's, you know, it, it's more of a hobby, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I work really hard at it and I take it really seriously. And I, and I, anyone that's worked with me will tell you, like, I'm, I'm quite funny about my vocals and the way they sound and the song and the structure. And there's often a lot of back and forth, you know, because I'm sort of quite, I just want it to sound exactly right. Um, but I just, yeah, I just love it. And, um, it's just fun and it's just something creative I can still do something creative but without having to audition <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just have, and you're way more in control from what it sounds yeah. like yeah and yeah. it's something that you've created and it's I've I mean I've listened to your stuff I've watched your videos I think it's so much fun and you you do gigs a lot as well yeah yeah I started to do gigs in 2019 um and then then obviously COVID hit so there hasn't been anything since then but um I'm booked for some more later this year hopefully I'm, I'm sort of building up my confidence with the gigs because I've been in a girl band before but that's when you're on stage and there's like other people like mm-hmm. you know with you to sing other parts of the song and it takes a bit of pressure off you but actually being there on your own um on stage like I mean I'll have my band but then it's like I am the one who's singing this and it's just weird it's a different dynamic and it's something I wasn't used to before so it took me a, I was quite nervous about doing it my biggest fear is like just fucking up forgetting my lyrics on stage or something you know and what's um, been the feedback like like when you do do a live gig I think it's been good yeah I mean honestly I'd say I haven't really done any huge gigs you know there has been sort of there's been gigs where there's not been that many people in the audience um and I didn't mind that because actually it just helped me to build up confidence in it experience and everything so I didn't mind that but uh but yeah I, I'm sort of evol- I, I've just been evolving all the time thinking about what I, you know I started off with a guy who was on keyboard um doing the synths and then now I've got a guy who does guitar uh Glenn he's lovely he does yeah he's doing the guitar then I've got a drummer Matt so it's nice because we've built up a bit of a band now 
but it's just finding the time to rehearse together because Glenn lives in Southampton and then me and Matt live you know sort of Brighton way so it's just getting together to rehearse but um but yeah hopefully you know the, the show's going to evolve and it's going to be yeah it'll be cool it'll be, I just want to kind of create an 80s experience really when I get on stage so and yeah. there's these kind of synthwave events where it's really nice they put on these uh, festivals and nights where you know they have a whole load of synthwave acts performing and and I've been invited to a few of them so it's really nice that they've kind of you know recognized me and they're asking me to perform yeah this is really fun I just really enjoy like everything the character the music yeah I'm oh. really I'm really glad you found like something that you love love to do you know yeah yeah definitely I think um I do you know there is a side of acting I do still really love um but I think my issue was I probably wasn't really loving all of the auditions I was being given and I didn't mm -hmm. really feel like oh, I really want to play this character even if it was a really cool character in some tv show I still didn't it what it didn't resonate with me and it wasn't something I particularly wanted to play and yet I felt a bit like I had to go and audition for it you know you just have to kind of do it you don't really have a choice um, yeah I know there's there's certain things you can have a choice about but when it comes to it really you're supposed to just go for everything and I suppose I just but yeah no I mean I still get to do the music videos and that's always fun I get that sort of act a little bit in those and yeah you know I'm not saying I would say no if something came along but I think it's very difficult for something something to just land in your lap you know without you having to really go and find it yeah I mean in parts you really you are kind of acting with Roxy Drive because yeah. it is a character so you still do get that aspect yeah it. I mean even if it's not like a crazy amount there's still something because you know yeah completely I'd be quite happy to yeah if they if Roxy was a character in a film you know yeah. I'd love it it'd be great you know like that is yeah definitely I mean the music is real and obviously you know well you um, never know you could always turn her into you could like give her a one-woman show at one point just saying yeah <laughs> no it's true yeah I thought about that or maybe write a script and yeah yeah either write her as a script it's it it reminds me of Jem do you remember Jem yeah yeah. <laughs> I love Jeff. Yeah, I love Jeff so much. Oh my god. I know, I know. But that's like when I see your stuff, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. And it's so fun. And I'm just like, I could totally imagine you doing either like a, a little mini web series or whatever with yeah. just like some five minute episodes or whatever it is. Or like yeah. a short film. And it would and it, you could totally do something on stage like it's yeah I'd it's, love it I'd love that do you know my dream is like stranger things call me and they're like oh we need Roxy in a scene you know they're at a nightclub and she's she's performing live and you know something like that like yeah in an actual 80s production like that'd be amazing um, okay Lucy you never know you never <laughs> never, you never know. know the producer of stranger things is obviously listening so <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting the call any time now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you never know, like, if one of your music videos, like, completely blew up or you did a short film with Roxy in it. Yeah. Or you did a one with, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. it's stuff like that. That's how it leads, like, yeah. step by step, you know? Yeah, no, that's anyway. true. No, yeah. you do never know. No, it would be amazing. I but feel like I you should speak to Kat because she's the queen of one woman shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's doing great, isn't she, with all her stuff? Oh, my God, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, and she loves it, doesn't she? You can see the passion and her enthusiasm for it. Like, she, it's, you can see how happy she is doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've wanted to do a one-woman show for absolutely ever. I've just started, like, outlining and writing my one. 
yeah finally I'm just taking me fucking forever well because I just didn't know what I wanted to do it about and now I'm just like I okay okay just shut up and just do it but Kat has been a huge huge help um like literally so inspiring I'm just like I can't even thank you enough oh she's amazing isn't she yeah so I'm just saying just putting those feelers out Lucy because Uh, you've got you've got everything you have everything (laughs) it's all there yeah no you're right you're right I I should do something yeah yeah no I should no it's just so much fun and it's nice it's not too um consuming I just do it when I want to do it you know yeah because I enjoy it so yeah and then of course the podcast which uh oh yeah tell us about the yeah. podcast because this is like yeah. totally when you told me I was just like what yeah we're both <laughs> doing it I know everyone should have a podcast now shouldn't they it's, it's, like it's the so fun I know it's not it's such a nice way isn't it to do something creative that you're in control of you know like yeah yeah I do I do uh have a control thing that I'm just like I do like being in control <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's good because it's nice it's nice you get that opportunity to sort of do what you want to do yeah uh, and I'm just sick of waiting around for things to happen yeah you know yeah. and I'm just like I know things will eventually happen but I'm just like I want things to happen now yeah so yeah <sighs> yeah and in the meantime yeah you're you're just making things happen you're doing it yourself yeah so tell us about your podcast Right, so this is a paranormal podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. And, oh, uh, talking about the acting. Well, okay, I am doing another. This is another character. So, yeah, Deadly Debbie. Yeah, I didn't really think that. Yeah, so I am kind of acting again in something. Um, she kind of hosts the show. So she's not like most of the show. Most of the show is made up of people's stories and their experiences. But she kind of, you know, like uh, the old 80s kind of creep show. Um, yes. Tales from the Crypt, yeah, Elvira. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, she's yeah. like that. Yeah, she's kind of like the British. Actually, she's not even British because I put on like an American accent. <laughs> 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 you know how Samantha speaks in Sex and the City? Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, darling. So, yeah, it's that kind of... <sighs> gotcha. So, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like that. And she's, yeah, you, you can imagine she's kind of a sort of looks like Morticia or virus type thing. And she invites you into her home every week. And, you know, she's like, oh, what have we got tonight? And I'm going to look through my files. And um, and then, yeah, and then we go into people um, telling their experiences of, yeah, just the paranormal and weird, crazy stuff that's happened to them. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, it is. It is good fun. I love the paranormal, so it makes sense. Yeah, I love listening to people's stories. It's really interesting because I feel like when you find something you love to do, whatever it is, yeah. you're off to the races. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like there's no looking back. Well, yeah, because I was listening to all these paranormal podcasts and I loved them. I'd be listening to them for hours going on walks and stuff. And, and I just thought to myself, I should do this. You know, like, I can do this. This is something I, I could do. Why didn't I do this before? And um I mean, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy because it's it's every week. Um, we've actually got we've actually gone to fortnightly now because I'll be honest, it became quite a lot every week. Um, so we're every. I mean, it's work. Now. You know what I mean? It's like work you're not yeah. getting paid for, but it's it's definitely. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun, really, but it's work. Yeah, it is work. Yeah, I, and that's probably something people don't always think about when they start it. You know, you. There is the editing and, and you've got to find the stories. I've got to find the people, you know, I've got to find people to read the stories if the people don't want to read them themselves. Um, so, and putting it all together and then we add on ambience and sound effects and everything else. It's all mixed. So that's all extra as well. So 
yeah and, and you think a week is a long time but then when it rolls around it's like uh oh you know thursday's here uh, we've got to get it yeah. out so and I'm, I'm quite you know i want to get it out on thursday if people are expecting it then like i want it to get out there but then it got to the point we did the first season and we were like oh let's do it every two weeks at least for now while you know while we're doing it for free and it's kind of i think in the future maybe we can go back to it every week but um yeah but yeah yeah but no it's good it's it's and that's helped a lot actually having two weeks to do the episode has really given more time to kind of make it better yeah um, yeah and so yeah it's just really fun just yeah that's and fantastic yeah you I mean you're definitely doing stuff so yeah I don't think I, I'm just I, I don't think I could not be doing stuff I think it's like it's in you isn't it when you're creative oh absolutely you just have it's, to do stuff don't you it's it's interesting because I've, I've known a lot of creative people who have just completely stopped doing anything creative yeah. and then you just I mean I've definitely seen it with some of my friends who have just like not been happy and yeah. as soon as they realize what's missing and start just doing it just even a tiny tiny bit they're like oh my god I didn't realize how much I needed this yeah and I'm just yeah. like yeah it's if you're a creative person you can't not not have no. something creative, no. even if it's like painting or whatever yeah. it is you need that outlet we all do yeah not to sound too um sort of you know squirrely but like I think it is really good for your soul I think oh, it just it's absolutely yeah yeah totally, totally feeding the soul yeah and I think there's a lot of people who are actually creative but don't realize it yeah know? I think you're right yeah yeah and you know possibly doing jobs that aren't really fulfilling them and and yeah, they could be doing other things and, and just maybe have not been opened up to it or don't realize. And um, it does really help. Yeah, it just, it just, gosh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> well, Lucy, is there anything else you'd like to share, talk about, discuss? Um, no, I don't think so. I can't think of anything at the moment. No. Yeah, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Oh, thank you for having me on. And you've had quite the ride. So congratulations, because... You're still here. You're still doing stuff. Yeah. And it's been very up and down and yeah. you haven't let it deter you because a lot of people no. do and a lot of people give up. Yeah, that's so, true. And that makes yeah. me so sad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think just, yeah, keep trying, keep going in some way or another. And even if it means taking a break, taking some time out, don't give it up completely. Just come back to it. Have it there in your mind to come yeah. back to it because it really... Um, it changes your life you know make, make, yeah. you know, it makes me happier anyway when I do it you know yeah I mean I know I've definitely taken multiple breaks yeah over the years even if it's just to concentrate on like writing or something else in the creative arts and yet you're still doing it though <laughs> I'm still doing it well because yeah. there, there was a point where I was like just mentally beat you know yeah. like I was like I cannot it was just such a struggle to either find an agent or to oh I'd have an agent and I just wasn't getting auditions and I'm just like what what's wrong like what's not working so then I would just take myself out of the equation just take a, like a mental break focus on something else which I'm so glad I did because I have so much other stuff going on now mm -hmm. because of it and I'm just like and then you come back recharged and you're just like fuck I'm fucking ready for this <laughs> Um, <laughs> bring it on <laughs> <laughs> it's like the um oh do you know gosh. that power rangers uh 
you know Power Rangers when she comes out at the beginning she says ah I've been dead for 10,000 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know that crazy woman <laughs> like that. every time I wake up in the morning I'm like I'm that woman you know ah. oh my god but you do like when you do take a step back and just have a break and a breather you do go yeah. back in like completely like a wild child <laughs> yeah no I had no idea completely yeah. recharged and it's just yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a mental health thing too it's just like yeah, just yeah. yeah no you need that time you do otherwise you go crazy and you, it, it can get quite obsessive as well you know oh crazy obsessive there was a point where that's like literally all I did yeah and then they got to a point where I was just like that's I feel like that's when I just took a step back and was like you know what I need a life yeah and then when I had my life outside of acting then I was just like oh things feel really good now <laughs> you know so yeah yeah. <sighs> yeah yeah well thank you lucy again for coming on oh, and i can't wait to see what you're gonna be up to next oh thank one you. woman show short film with roxy <laughs> you never know, <laughs> know. i've just got it in my head now and i'm just like i can't get rid of it <laughs> he's doing a one woman show that is it <laughs> well you never know i'll have to come back and tell you about it <laughs> oh, please do all right, well, we'll speak to you soon. All right, take care. And once again, Lucy Drive, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It was such a pleasure catching up with you. Go check her website out, www.roxydrive.com. Go check out her music and videos on YouTube and all on her website. Check it out. Go down the rabbit hole. All right. Thanks again, Poe the Passenger. Until next time. <laughs>